You're listening to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome to the Bags and Platt Podcast. Welcome back. We've been off for a little while. We got April 13th, Platt, Tuesday, 2021, just after Masters weekend. Weather's starting to really improve up here. I know it's great down there. How are we doing today, my man? Well, good. So you, you, you stopped our show or you, you were getting ready to make some coffee. What, what went into that? Because I heard the spoon going. How many sugars? What was the milk situation? Right. So, so I just became a coffee guy this year. So I'm actually using Coffee Mate instead of milk and sugar. I was showed that by someone about three months ago. They're like, you don't need milk and sugar. Just get the Coffee Mate stuff. You pour it in. I'm like, you mean one less thing to do and you put it in the fridge? He goes, yeah. So I'm actually a full-fledged coffee guy now. I don't need it every day, but I kind of enjoy it. Um, I enjoy the smell in the morning. Um, reminds me of that Sanka commercial growing up or the Folgers. <laughs> Showing best our age. Part of wake, best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. So... <laughs> At 45, I started having uh, my first cups of coffee. So yeah, I was just I was just stirring the coffee made plat, no sugar, no milk. All right, see, you're never too old to start something, to learn something <laughs> new, right? Getting in the yeah, coffee ab- at this stage. Absolutely. Are, are you a coffee guy? You go one a day. I, I was kind of feeling tired. That's why I want to do one before the show. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a two a morning guy. But being that I'm still down in in hot sunny Florida, I'm really much more of an iced coffee guy. Even though I got the AC cranking at like Perfect. 67, but I'm a big iced coffee guy. It doesn't matter time of year. I just enjoy it. So I'm usually a, I'm a black hot guy, and I am a almond milk. Don't make fun of me. Uh, coffee guy, no sugar on the ice side. You can make fun of this one. So. When my wife was getting ice vanilla latte, skinny milk, I know that now because I had to put the order in. I actually started drinking those, and thick, and almost it was like a like a, a milkshake to me. I'm like, this is great. And then I'd be like wired for an hour, but it was fucking really tasty. So it, it is fascinating. Sports aside for a second, if you ever go into like a Starbucks or a Dunkin' and you listen to some people's coffee orders. First of all, I'm like, there's 4 million calories in what you're ordering, and that's not even a coffee. They're like, I want a mocha frappuccino with 16 pumps of caramel, four sugars in it, and three equals. I'm like, you're going to be up for a month. And then, and then I see my daughter come home from Starbucks with, I forget what the name of it was, but it really looked like she went Dairy Queen and... Jamie was like, Jamie's like, you can only drink half. The thing was gone in about three seconds. And I'm like, all right, so this is the world now. Uh, Kids are online at Starbucks and, you know, they don't they don't watch TV. It's coffee and iPhone. And that's about it. And video games. Oh, yeah. Fortnite. But uh, anyway, hey, we got a lot to talk about. I will say that, uh, you know, we, we the Yankees are. Scaring me a little bit. We got a lot of doubters. It's too early in the season to do that. The NBA is interesting. We got the Knicks to talk about. Playoffs are going to be happening soon. But let's start with Augusta. Platt, I will say that if you look at the leaderboard, the one-shot lead, to me, does nothing if you didn't watch the tournament. I've been watching Masters Live since 96 when Norman shit the bed. I was with Marco in college, and he got me into watching the Masters, and thank God he did because I, th- I think it's one of the better sporting events for TV, especially in April when it's cold. You're watching the azaleas and the birds chirp, and it's just so much drama on that back nine. 
However, I wanted to see somebody make a run, or at least Matsuzama, who I was calling Piston Honda in, in a complimentary way from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on Nintendo. And I, I, I wanted him to, to falter, but I, I, we needed Xander Shoffley to, to keep doing what he was doing. So the minute the drama you thought that was going to happen, when he went in the water on 15 on the par 5, you're like, all right, we got a match. And then what does he do when he can really get back in the match? He goes in the water. So it was like, up, you pull me in, and then it was over. So to me, Platt, I didn't get – this is the worst Masters I will watch personally in my uh, watching career, I'll say. How did, how, did, how did you take it? Yeah, you had about four minutes of potential drama until <laughs> yeah. until that next tee shot when uh, when he went in when Shoffley went into the water, and I felt the same exact way. I mean, we were texting about it before, and I just I didn't see anybody making a run. Like, I'm not saying that Spieth wasn't playing great golf. He was clearly he was a little gassed. He won the week before. He was six or seven shots off the lead. I think when Sunday started, so. Unless Hideki fell apart, like there was no way Speed was getting there. And the rest of those guys on that board to me just they don't scare you. Like there was no one in there that you're like, all right, this guy can probably make a run at him. Like there was no one there. Um, you know. No, this- you nailed it. You you nailed it when you texted me. You're like, Well, it's bags, it's five shots and besides Speeth, who's too far back to make the run, who are you counting on to make the run? And I, I didn't have an answer. Yeah, so I mean, the, you the, pretty the, much nailed, nailed it. Where there's not a tiger, there's not a Phil, and guess what? Who, what what player? No offense on any of these guys' reputations. What player is going to get Augusta to make roars like, you know, Jack coming out of the woods? You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're talking about guys who, on a national level, are not well known. Um, nobody knows who. Nobody knows who Scheffler is. Xander Scheffler is even though he's actually really been close a few times. Yeah. And John Rahm and and Spieth just, you know, they couldn't get it going. The only positive I'll, I'll pull out of the Masters was, uh, potent- was a potential rising star named Zalatoris. Uh, they kept bringing up how he played against Spieth when he was nine and, and he was, Spieth was 11 and they're friends. Zalatoris showed me a lot of guts. Um, he definitely needs to have a steak or a hamburger. Um, he's got a 28 inch inch waist, dude. He that guy was a, as they say in Shawshank, a tall drink of water like Dufresne. Stiff wind can bre- blow him over. But Zaltar has looked like you know a potential maybe an American who can step up and 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 join this young young PGA party. Yeah, it's impressive watching that guy hit a golf ball too. I think because of his body type, like you said, he's so skinny and tallish that, I mean, he he. What they who did he play with? That oh God, I heard a stat that I guess the first or second day he was playing with one of the older golfers, and I guess he hit an eight iron on the shot, and the guy next to him hit a five wood, and the guy I was think, like I think Bernard Langer. Possibly. Oh yeah. Langer and Langer was like this guy absolutely kills the ball. I mean, think about that disparity in in clubs. But they he's probably a buck fifty wet plot. And that's why they compared him to Johnny Miller because Johnny Miller had 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 no uh, no body fat and he could you know he could rip. Yeah, I mean he that guy crushes the ball. But going back to what you said, I mean he is that guy could be a rising star. But there was no. 
there was no, but Bryson wasn't there. Kepka wasn't there. DJ wasn't there. Like there was nobody that you were like, all right, this guy can make a run at Hideki and Hideki played smart. I mean, minus that one bad shot, he played pretty good golf on the back nine and amen corner. And it was just too big of a lead with a leaderboard that wasn't going to catch him from behind as far as, you know, I could see, I mean, still a good tournament, but did not have the drama that Tiger had two years ago, or even Dustin had a few months ago. It just felt very vanilla. Yeah, I mean, to tell you the truth, you know, I, I wasn't rooting for Matsuzama, but I did, as a sports fan, I did kind of embrace, like, you know, oh, man, first Japanese uh, male to win a major. He's winning Augusta. He's getting a jacket. They're going to have the best Japanese food at the Champions Dinner next year. Uh, Fuzzy won't be around to make any, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know what kind of comments. Uh It it was really cool for sports. Like, um, ironically, the week prior to the Masters, uh, a female from Japan won the amateur uh, at Augusta. And this is like the perfect time for Japan – uh, the whole the whole country was behind him. If you heard the Japanese telecast, it's it's actually that really was so cool. Fun. Yeah, it's it's hysterical when they, they play Otani. When Otani hits a home run, I mean it's it's classic. It's classic uh, radio, and um, so I, I, I'm actually really happy for him. It seems like he's a good kid. He um, he's it was his 10 year anniversary when he started playing there as an amateur. So it's a great story. Um, my, my, my concern is, is, is about a few guys. One, I'm, I'm glad Spieth is back, by the way. But mm-hmm. my concern is about like guys like Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler. Like, I, I feel there's, they're just kind of, they make so much money, Platt. Like, I'm, I just don't think that they have, whether it's the drive or the work ethic, I'm just not seeing. And it's probably better for the game that that it's there's so much parity, but I'm just not seeing that like killer instinct guy. And I love the way DeChambeau plays, and he's all out. You know what I mean? But for some of the high name guys and the big time names that have all the sponsorships, like like Rory and, and Ricky, and I'm hoping the Ryder Cup's really good next year, but or this year. But I, I just don't see those big names. And by the way, Woods and Mickelson. And a few other guys are kind of stepping away. So all of a sudden, this tour might need a Zalatoris or some other guys. Sergio's getting old. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about the sport, but I'm worried about guys making so much money that they don't really even – if they have a few majors, it's okay. Like, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd like to see somebody – grab the sport by by the horns you know if, if you know what i'm saying it, it's a great point and you know what it does it makes you appreciate even more how great tiger was because if you think about what he did week in and week out for 10 years or however long that was how, how different would golf have been if tiger wasn't around then would we have been talking about the parody I mean, yes, Mickelson was there and Sergio and Vijay Singh and Ernie Els, and you had a lot of other good golfers who didn't really get any of the notoriety that they should have gotten because of Tiger. And now there's everybody's the next Tiger. When McElroy won, he's the next Tiger. Everybody coming up, Brooks Kepka, he's he's going to take over golf. We heard about Bryson. We heard about Spieth. And I'm not saying that these guys aren't going to be good and up and down here and there, but 
Tiger dominated every week. And I, I appreciate even more so now how good he was back then when he was locked in because of what we're watching now and how hard it is to do on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, it was almost like he was intimidating them before he even teed off. And once they heard the roar plat, as they call it, the tiger roar, I mean, guys were shitting in their pants. All of a sudden, they couldn't even close out and put up a good number. They, they like, you know it's coming. You can you can predict it in your mind. You feel like you got a three shot lead, and and not that he was the greatest from coming behind, but you couldn't catch him. Number one, right. and number two, once you once you heard one roar, you're like, okay, that's it. And I'm glad you brought that up because I so do. I wasn't a big Tiger fan when he was going through his whole thing because I was kind of was trying to root for the underdog, see another guy win, kind of like you know in other sports where you know Pete Sampras dominated and. And, and, and Steffi Graf and now Venus Williams has put on a show. Like you, I just always want to see someone else win. But now that you look back at it, he took the golf world and basically put it in his pocket. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen again. It technically never did with Jack, but he's still, you know, you can consider him the greatest of all time. We won't take that away from him. But he didn't put the sport and just put it in his pocket. You know, it was Arnie's, it was Arnie's sport, and, and he kind of just gave it to Jack. Tiger put it in his pocket, and no one's taking has taken it out of his pocket. It's just, it's Tiger. It's still Tiger's sport. And speaking of that, you know what I'm wondering when he's going to do an interview, because getting to the uh, he never hit the brakes. They're saying, so how do you how do you not hit the brakes? Even if they someone said he might have hit the gas pedal instead of the brake, I don't think that happened. If I had a really guess, I think he probably fell asleep because he's a most one of the most athletic guys in the world. And he didn't try to get out of hitting a, a, a median and go into a tree. Like, how do you not hit the brake? Yeah, I mean, so that's, 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 not to get off topic, but that's a little shady right there. No, the guy trained with the military. Like, he, he there, there's something very <laughs> off about this. I mean, we were joking in our text exchange that, like, he has bad luck with cars and everything that goes on there. And I know we argued about should he have a driver, shouldn't he? I understand your perspective saying, like, sometimes you just yeah. want to get in the car and rip it up. And I get that. But, like, he's had a series of bad run ins now with vehicles. So, I mean, Hopefully the guy's okay. I would love to see him return to golf selfishly from a sports perspective, but that me, remains me to too. be seen. And, and, and I almost think that – I don't know if, it, if he said it, but someone's have made a great point. They're like, how could Tiger retire? The world is not going to let him retire. He's no. basically going to have to answer the question the rest of his life, can you play again? Whether it's with his kid out in his backyard or on the tour, like can you hit a ball? Like that's what we're all going to be anticipating, seeing him first of all at anything in the public. Like, will he? Will we see him? Like, you know, at the U.S. Open, will um, doing an interview? Will we see him? I don't think so. By the way, will we see him go to broadcasting? Will we? Like, when will we see this guy? Because right now it feels like he's in a cubby hole in Florida, and obviously he's not going in his car and, and doing errands. He can't do that when he's healthy. So when will we actually see him? Will it be a 60 Minutes interview? Will it be um, – <laughs> I don't know when it will be. It's just – it's that million-dollar question. Like when will we see Tiger Woods again? And Bags, whenever we see him, 
whatever he's doing or whatever it's around, it will overshadow the game of golf. So even if it's <laughs> totally the, if, when he comes back or if he comes back, whatever tournament that is, whoever wins that tournament, you're not even going to remember. Nobody will remember. Even if it's a major, it'll be all about Tiger. Absolutely. Well, anyway, MLB is in full effect. We got baseball back. Unfortunately, what's going on in Minnesota has been a couple of uh, obstacles in the way. But let's get to the Bombers real quick. Um, they're 5-5. Five and five. Cole is just, you know, he had a tough inning and ending in a third. And he said, okay, game's over. That's what we paid him for, Platt. That's exactly what he is supposed to do. And he does it. When we paid big money for CeCe, he did what we thought he was going to do. He was probably one of the only Yankees in the past 20 years that has absolutely played uh, his contract. It was completely worth it. You know what I mean? Like there was not even – I've never heard of anybody saying – we overpaid for CC. So Cole is giving us what we need him to what we need him to give us. I know it's all about the playoffs, Platt, but it's good to see him. What concerns me is obviously the right-handed lineup. We don't play small ball at all. We never will with this lineup. We can't just change players. How do you feel about Hishigawa hitting two home runs, catching Cole the last two starts, and Sanchez? Who's playing okay? Does that help Sanchez with a little fire in his ass because his backup is hitting two home runs and catching the ace? Does it hurt Gary? Is he gonna, you know, is he gonna hear it from the fans to start the backup? It's just, it's just a little drama that I didn't really foresee early in this season, and I don't care if Boston six or three they stink. But what are you seeing about the Yanks in your first couple weeks? Well, first of all, Sanchez is in a no-win situation because if he has a great year, everyone's going to say, yeah, well, it's a contract year. Now you're going to overpay him, and he's not going to be good. If he plays shitty, everyone's going to say, see, we definitely can't resign him. And if he plays in the middle, people are going to say, yeah, he's okay. He's not worth the money. So I think it's good that we have a backup catcher who is catching Cole, who's a great defensive catcher, and who can hit from time to time. I think the biggest challenge is defensively. I think Glaber Torres is suffering immensely because I don't think he's a shortstop and I think he's so worried about his defense and he's made some very costly errors for this team that he can't think about his offense right now. And I was actually talking to someone this weekend and we were having the conversation about it and hindsight's always 20-20, but I really wish they would have dealt Luke Voigt in the offseason, moved LeMayo to first and re-signed Didi at short and moved Glaber back to second because they're going to have a challenge right now. He's not a natural shortstop. And he's made, like I said, a few big errors. And I know it's early, but you're not going to solve that during the year. And the same things happened last year. And it was a shortened season. And you're right. They are a home run hitting team. And, you know, that'll win you some games in the regular season when you're playing Baltimore and Kansas City and some of these teams that you're going to walk over. But come playoff time, the same problems are still going to be there. And if their defense isn't solid up the middle, like – they're never going to beat Tampa, as scary as that sounds, even with all their losses. Yeah, Glass now struck out 14 last night. one nothing game. They don't need offense. Platt, you know, you brought up Didi, and I got to tell you, he's one of the most well-liked Yankees that I've seen us lose in a while. Like, we actually, like, we let him walk two hours away for, like, not a lot of money. And Platt, when I think of Didi in this lineup – First of all, he's lefty. Yeah. 
makes contact, and you know he can take advantage of the short porch at times. It would be so perfect, God darn it, if yeah. he was just playing short. I mean, it sounds so like simple to say, and 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 I think because he was so well liked, Platt, that I would love to have him right now. I mean, love it because. You're right about um, Glaber. And as much as I love Glaber's bat, um, you make one or two errors in the playoffs. And, and I'm talking one or two for the whole series. Those one or two could be the game. And your shortstop, when we were growing up, your shortstop didn't make an error but batted 210 and it didn't matter. Right. Rafael Santana couldn't hit. The Mets didn't need him to hit. He didn't make a freaking error. The guy was flawless. Ozzie Smith, he couldn't really hit. Guy, the guy did not make an error. So the guys you grew up with go back to Vizquel. You know, he batted 240. I would rather have with the Yankee lineup a guy, Platt, that <clears throat> I swear, I swear to God, I would rather have a guy that was just like uh, a Tony Fernandez, who yep. was our shortstop in 96. A Tony Fernandez who you didn't care if he hit or not that night. Like you almost put it, you almost chalked it up like the pitcher was getting up. I'm okay with that, Platt. We don't have to have one through nine hitting home runs, all right? And don't get me started on the Gardner thing. But I will say, if we actually found a shortstop that was just a great, great fielder, okay, and if Voight is, 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 can be traded because we just signed D, uh, DJ, so we got him. If we can get something for Voight as far as in the, um, in the starters, because Herman's not a guarantee, Davey Garcia is down in there uh, in the minors. We don't know if he's going to be good. And say this backup catcher, since he's going to catch Cole, catches fire behind the – I'm sorry, catches fire with the bat. What do you need Sanchez for? If he's playing in a contract here and he's hot, maybe we can even trade Sanchez and get something for him instead of paying him number one yeah. or letting him walk in free agency and getting nothing for him. So it's something to think about. They just have a lot of the same kind of hitters. Like that's why I said like Luke Voigt. Long swings, Platt. Long, long swings doesn't help you in the playoffs. Long swings. Voigt would have been the perfect guy to trade this summer. He he had he led the league in home runs last year. You're never gonna get more value for him. He's not a great defensive first baseman. He's a home run hitter. Stanton, Judge, Sanchez. Like these guys are are very. We've got four or five guys in that lineup who have long swings, who are you know sometimes home runs are bust, and then they're gonna have to deal with the judge contract on top of all of this. And I'm not getting ahead of ourselves, but like you're gonna have a tough time making the argument to pay that guy the kind of money he's gonna want. Now let me ask you this, because this is uh, this is another concern for me. I know people love Judge. I know kids love Judge. I know Judge is a great guy. I don't trust paying Judge in a long-term contract like some of these guys are getting. I'm not going to say he's going to get Tatis money, but Judge is going to get a big contract, even if he doesn't have a great year because he's got a big-time bat when he does play. He's got a great arm. He can be your right fielder for the next seven, eight years. But if we have to pay other people – where do you feel Judge is at as far as our priority when, yeah, he might be loved, Platt, but I could name a ton of guys that were m more loved than him. I'm talking not Mattingly, uh, like, you know, Mattingly level. I'm talking guys like Bernie and, and, and Tino. Those guys, I mean, they are loved. 
Judge isn't there yet where you could say, I just need to have Judge being a Yankee forever. Personally, I don't feel that. Do you feel like we have to have Judge? Does he bring that much to the table to help us win a World Series? No, not yet. He hasn't proven that he does. He has the body to play football, not baseball. He's constantly getting injured. And look, he's a, he's a great player when he's healthy, but like he's not healthy that much. And that's the problem. And you can get a very serviceable right fielder. To, now I'm not saying he's going to hit 50 home runs. I mean, you, look, would you take Paul O'Neill right now in two seconds? Uh, I mean, think about that. I forgot him. But I want a lefty hitter, by the way. Yeah. So if, um, I, if, if I'm, if I'm going to not sign Judge or somebody, it's got to be a lefty in this freaking park, Platt. We're such typical Yankee fans. We're talking about the offseason already. It's <laughs> fucking April. It's I great. know, because you know what? To me, to me, I mean, I'm a realist. You know that's why I watch more Met games, because my season starts in October. Our season starts in October. I know. I know. We know we're going to get there. So that's why we're easy. We find it easy to... Uh, to foreshadow and, and, and look ahead because we know what it takes to win in that span of freaking 30 days. I don't care what we I don't care if Stanton hits a home run up eight two in Toronto on a Sunday afternoon when I'm watching it with my kids like, oh yeah, you know, I need him to hit the home run in game three at Oakland down four two. But but that's what I that's what we're paying you for. If you can't do it, we're not going to win a World Series. But bags, we've become too accustomed to that. It's July 9th. The game doesn't mean anything. Baltimore is in town. It's twelve two, and Judge hits a grand slam, and you're like, oh my god! But it's like, okay, but in October when he's facing Glass now, and and the fans are the stands are full, and it's a two two game. He's not hitting a home run right there. The odds are. Yeah. Next to nothing, so. Yeah, so, so some guy in you know some some guy in the lower levels going. I just got the over. <laughs> Staying there to the eighth inning, he doesn't even give a shit about the. Game. You know what I mean? It's just. I know. If, and Platt, I I know we're always spoiled, and we always go back to, um. Uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, but because there was such great situational hitting that a lot of the times, Platt, Bernie. And Tino, and sometimes even Paulie, they hit home runs where we weren't even thinking home run. You know what I mean? Sometimes exactly. Brocious, Brocious hit a couple home runs where I was like, what? He hit a home run on the center field against the Padres in the series dead center. Yeah. Finley climbed up the wall. He, I think he yelled the F-bomb. And I was like, did Brocious just go yard to center field? And did we get him to play third base from the Oakland A's when he batted 210 the year before? And all of a sudden, he's like... One of our favorite players and leading us to a like it's just that kind of shit, Platt. Like, yeah, it, and that's why guys like Urshela just, are crucial in the lineup oh, and the DJs. Totally. Like they get big hits. They're not going to have fifty home runs and they're not going to hit three ninety. But like they're gonna they're gonna get big hits when the time comes. And that's why like you look at Tampa last year, and I know that the Cuban kid got really hot, but like that lineup one through nine did not scare you at all. But they had timely hits. And they know how to get runs in. And as long as the Yankees continue to rely on the home run ball, they're not going to win. They're not. I hate you know, to say. Platt, you, brought, you, you brought up a good thing. I, I will bet you it's so much more fun. And don't, you know, whoever's listening to this, Yankee fan, don't take this the wrong way. But when you're, if you're a Rays fan and you're watching their run last year, you're not expecting half of the shit you see. When we're Yankee fans... When Judge comes up, or Stanton, or Sanchez, or even Glaber, do you know what our expectations are? It's almost sickening. 
It is. We're expecting the ball to leave the park. And guess what, Platt? When the ball leaves the park and I'm sitting next to you, we're not even high-fiving or really enjoying it. You know why? Because we're expecting it. Like, I hope he get, he better hit one out. I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be a piss if he didn't get a base hit. But how about if you're a guy rooting for the Rays last year and some guy you don't really know if he can handle the bat against this great pitcher we have, and he hits a double down the line. The place is going nuts. And you're like, wow, well, you know, we bat him eighth. <laughs> we were just hoping up to. We we're hoping to chip in. Like that's fun to watch, Platt. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't expect um, Glaber to lay down a bunt <laughs> for a base hit. Like we we expect him to swing the freaking bats. We're big time hitters, and sometimes you know, it's just not the way you're gonna win. And we've been very repetitive about this on the show, but the Dodgers really exemplified what it means to have such a diverse lineup. Righty, lefty, couple switch hitters, and they just put the ball in play. Yeah, barring an injury, and I'm not going to get ahead of ourselves because it's April and we're talking about October, I don't see how that team loses. I mean, unless unless the Yankees acquire... Oh, God, who could they even acquire? Unless they get, like, Scherzer and somebody else for that staff. I just... (laughs) I can't see how anyone's going to stay with them. And, Platt, I almost think, like, not that the Dodgers are... You know, stealing ideas, but they actually see that the Yankees need a big time number two. So you know what they did, Platt? They signed the Cy Young Award winner to be their number three. <laughs> so not only are they coming off a World Series, they're like, well, it's almost like I, I don't want to say they're blocking people, but Platt, like we talked about on text, like about fan, but you know, fantasy team. If the Dodgers get Kluber. I'm sorry. Um, who they get? Who was that pitcher? I'm drawing a blank here. Bauer, Trevor Bauer. Yeah, Bauer. So yeah. Bauer's their number three, and he's coming off of Cy Young, and they just won the World Series. So they are in the right mindset, like we are. That if you want to win in October, despite what kind of lineup you have, you need at least two horses. Yeah. Platt, we are still at number one. We have yeah. one horse. Yep, for all that salary, all that payroll, we have one horse still. Hey, Platt. All right, listen. I'm 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 so pumped about the the baseball's back, but I want to give you a little little bit of the Knickerbockers, some little time today because they got three games ahead. That I think the three game series is not a series, but they got uh, the Mavericks in between a couple games. But they got a they got a shot to really solidify their playoff spot number one. And number two, it's they're really fun to watch. So, you know, the floor is yours. What do you think about the Knicks making a little uh, little noise? I, I think if the Nets weren't doing what they're doing, I think people would be enamored and in love with this team about how fun they are to watch, about how they play great defense, about how R.J. Barrett is starting to become a, a little bit of the guy that we thought he was when the Knicks drafted him, that the team has bought into – Thibodeau's defensive mentality and the hustle and I know that the Lakers were without AD and LeBron but that's still a nice win for the Knicks last night so I mean I'm pumped that they're doing what they're doing and again you know the Nets are right in their backyard so they're stealing a lot of the thunder uh, from a PR perspective and everything that's going on with Kyrie and Durant and all that stuff that we've talked about with Harden but 
Yeah, as a Knicks fan, I love what they're doing right now. And a few more young players, and they're going to be in the playoffs this year, it looks like. I'm super happy about where this franchise is headed right now. And they're doing it the right way. You know, they're not going out and spending a ton of money to get three free agents. They tried that route, didn't work. And I'm happy with where they are. What are your thoughts? Well, Platt, getting back to being a Yankee fan, um, I was just thinking uh, when, while you were talking, and I can hear, since I know you that well, I can hear the sense of like enjoyment, like you're 27 and 27 and you're excited. Mm-hmm. That is, that, that, that's night and day compared to our Yankee fandom. Is it so? What I'm asking you again is, how cool is it that you don't know who's gonna win the game that night? You're not supposed to win. It's actually really fun that your 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 beloved team, since you were a child, is actually putting shit together. You're in a New York market. You shouldn't be in this position, but we we are. And it's like, all right, the Yankees are supposed to win. Hey, how about my other team? Like, it's it's just so much fun, not only to see yourself, but all these Knicks fans actually applauding a team that's 500. It's just never, not like, it's not in our vocabulary right now, right, Platt? You never thought you'd see it. And you're so right. Imagine being pumped at the Giants. It's really fun. It is. It's, it's fun because they're competitive. You can see things trending in the right direction. They're winning games. You probably didn't think they would. And again, you know, they're doing it. They don't have the most talent in the league. It just shows you, though, it's like how we were raised. When it comes to team sports, you need a team. It's not about one individual or two individual, unless you're the Nets and you got three of them. But other than that, man, you need a great team to win. And kudos to what, you know, they've been able to do, uh, that front office and what this year looks like. And now they just got to take it to next year and continue to grow and evolve this roster. Yeah, and the the city's pumped up for this, which means it's always been the truth. This city is a basketball city. When the, Knicks are playing, when the Knicks are playing well, it's a different city. I don't care what the baseball teams are doing or the football teams. When the Garden is packed during the playoffs, it is an entirely different city. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different newspaper. It's it, They dominate the city. So when they do get back to that status, uh, you won't even know what the Nets were again. I can, I can actually tell you that because they're not keeping all three of these guys for a decade. And that's no, the bottom line. Not happening. So, Platt, anything else you want to say? I know we're tight on time. We've got to coach Little League Soccer, whatever, whatever's going on tonight. But um, No, next week uh, we got to talk a little NFL draft, a little NFL. Let's give a shout-out to our boy Sam, who's in, <laughs> in Charlotte now or in Carolina with our boy Maney. But, yeah, we got to talk some football next week. Darnold drops back. He sees Sees Devontae Smith. No, he hits Robbie Anderson. Is this the Jets telecast? Nope. They're all, they're both in Carolina now. Sorry, Jet fans. Thanks for the help. All right, Platt. Great show. Talk to you next week. All right. Take care, everybody.